Well, good morning from me. Uh, we got, I've got a whole slide. I'm going visual as well as, as, well as audio this morning. So, uh, and we're, gonna, we're, we're using all sorts of technology here. So, uh, I was going to say, cross your fingers. <laughs> what I should have said is, pray for us that this all works. Uh, uh, just, oh, it's gone. Okay, can I have the slide back up? Hey, there we go. So, so we're called Hope Church. And uh, increasingly, when people connect and, and touch who we are, they're saying that what happens to them is they get hope. That hope happens in their heart. Their world starts to change. And, and, and that's really exciting to me because it's a very long time ago now that this, this title, this name for a community uh, came came to my heart, and I believe from it was a prophetic name from the Holy Spirit. And, and I want to talk to us about us a little bit this morning. You're very welcome as a visitor. What our what our vision is, and what we're what, what we're going for in this next uh, few weeks, really, in terms of offerings and pushing forward. God's opening loads of doors to us. Uh, we're growing. All sorts of stuff is happening. All sorts of exciting things are happening. Uh, just this week, we. We've been partnering a bit with uh, Light and Life with Barbara Jenkinson and uh, a few of us helped out on Friday night because an at-home event, which is, was supposed to be 12 people in a house, became 50 people in a golf club. 50 people or more showed up uh, to be prayed over, to receive prophetic words, to uh, receive prophetic art, to be prayed for if they were sick. Two, two people clearly prayed to invite Jesus into their life, and, and another woman received healing from shoulder problems, all the stiffness and stuff disappeared, and <laughs> it's exciting stuff. So they came for this sort of spiritual night and, and really just met the presence of God and, and started to encounter Jesus. For all, you know, all those people, I would say you know, 99% of them were unchurched people, didn't go to church, maybe some very distant background. Uh, and some of them are coming back this week because they, they got touched and they want to find out more. It's very, very exciting. Um, and other crazy good things are happening to us. Last week, I went to uh, a, a meeting in Dundee. Uh, and these sort of, do you have strange God things happen to you? And then you figure out what happened afterwards. <laughs> and I sat next, the, it was the New Frontiers get together, Christ Central, part of New Frontiers. Uh, up there, and I sat next to some friends of mine, and I ended up sitting next to uh, a, a young woman, and uh, she heard me talk about Sozo, and she said to me, oh, I've got difficulties with ME. So, well, I said, I'll pray for you now. So the worship had started. I prayed for her. Holy Spirit came on her all through the worship. And then, then in the worship, I'm worshiping, and I'm getting, I get this word of knowledge. So I, it kind of this crisp word of knowledge came into my head about displaced vertebrae due to an accident. So that was pretty clear. And then uh, in the preach, uh, Jeremy, who was with us last week, was preaching. This has nothing to do with his preaching, but I suddenly felt nauseous. All right? I just, <laughs> I just had this wave of nausea go over me. I'm like, Holy Spirit, is this me feeling ill, or is this you giving me a word of knowledge? He said, this is me giving you a word of knowledge. Then the next thing I did, at the end, there was like a ministry time. And so I thought, oh, I'll go and give these words from the front. What the, the woman I was sitting next to responded to both words of knowledge. And what I realized was, 
I was there, and I, God was giving me her sy- symptoms she'd not told me about. She had multiple issues in her life. She was giving me, God was giving me her symptoms, and I thought, well, I'll announce it from the front, where actually I could have just turned to her and said, have you got... So she'd had an accident on a on a bike. Uh, her back was out of whack. Uh, she had a lot of pain in knee, back. She'd been in bed for the best part of a year. Uh, anyway, we prayed for her, uh, and she walked better than she'd ever walked. Her pain levels dropped right down to minimum. I can't say she was totally healed. She had so many things wrong with her, I don't know. But she had a very significant breakthrough right there just because she sat next to me. So. <laughs> So hope, but biblical hope is not a wish like, oh, you know, hope. It, or, you know, we, we say you hope you have a good time to people, don't we? Hope you have a, we just, just hope, it, hope it works out. Hope, we use hope a lot. But, but actually, what we mean is it, it's a bit more of a wish. It's a slightly flimsy thing, isn't it? I mean, it, we feel good because we're hoping the best for somebody. Yeah. You know, well, I'm hoping the best, but if it doesn't work out, something else will turn up type language. Is that, is that fair? Do we use it that way? But biblical hope, New Testament hope, is a confident expectation of good. Oh, it works. Look at that. Boom. That's what it means. It's not like maybe. It's like it's gonna. It's like kids. When you get your kids around the Christmas tree... And, and it's all, it's all the, everything's packed, you know, it's all wrapped up. There is hope. That's this kind of hope. They know they're going to get, they don't know what they are, but they can see that this, it's a confident expectation. There's excitement because somewhere, depending on your family kind of routine, somewhere in the next five minutes or five hours, they're going to have presents. <laughs> depending on how long you can hold out. So our confident expectation of good is from a good God. And that's something we've been discovering more and more about over the last little while, is that we are serving, we are in touch with, we are being blessed by a God who is good. So hope is connected to his nature. And, and I just want to try and, I'm trying to summarize in a, in a few minutes what, what God's been doing in this community called Hope Church uh, in order for us to be increasingly full of hope and being parting hope to other people where we go. So remember, we're in the business of bringing the confident expectation of good because God is good to a whole planet, to a city, to our neighbors, to the people that we work with. And one of the big things he's done with us, ooh, 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 here we go, it's been restoring us to our true identity. Restoring us to our true identity Right from the word go in life, there are things that come to us that will shape us and will often turn us away in our thinking or mold us in a way that doesn't fit the way God originally made us to be. We have an original design that he made in eternity past. Sorry, my little... There we go. Thank you, Jesus. You have an original, you have a shape that was created before the foundation of the world. God made you, he designed you, he saw you, and now he knows you, he knows the the hairs on your head. You have an original design. Everybody on the planet has an original design, whether they know Jesus or they don't know Jesus. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know him, you know what? He knows you and he designed you before you were even born. 
Each one is loved and precious and specially built to reflect something of the Creator. Which is why we, we, we say around here that Jesus is a model of us, not for us. And sometimes that's hard to get our head around, but, but what we mean is, Jesus, we've often thought about Jesus, we read the Bible and we read the New Testament and Jesus is somebody we're trying to be like. But what we're saying is actually he's a model of who we are. So we're not like, we're not like cars trying to become like aeroplanes. We're aeroplanes and he's showing us how to be an aeroplane. And what is happening in this, is this Christ in us is being restored. Christ in you. Jesus, sorry, the Apostle Paul said that Christ in you was the hope of glory. That this was a mystery that's been hidden through the ages, he said, and is, it's now revealed. And what's revealed is that it's possible for Jesus Christ in whom the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, to actually live inside you. Isn't that remarkable? I'm still getting the hang of this. It's supposed to just pop up. There it is. Now sometimes, I know when I've talked about the idea that Jesus is in us, that a lot of us go, yeah, we believe it theoretically, we know it's in the Bible, but how I don't really feel much like Jesus lives in me. Any, anybody kind of like that? Like, thanks. All the rest of you are doing amazing. Well done. <laughs> but Paul, so there's this strange tension, actually, because we know it's true, and yet at times we're like, Jesus in me, really? I mean, the guy at the front's preaching it, but is that really happening in my life? Am I, am I, am I, is he really a model of me? Am I the same of the same type as him? I mean, I'm looking at me and I'm looking at what I read in the Bible. And I'm like, wait, this doesn't kind of add up. I still feel like a car, and he looks like an aeroplane. And you know, you know that cars don't fly. Would not don't don't take your car after this meeting and try and drive it off the end of something in the hope, unless you're called James Bond, it isn't going to happen. But what Paul says here to the Galatians, which we've been studying bit by bit, is saying, my dear children, for whom I'm again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed. And you think, well, Paul, you're telling us that he's in us, and now you're telling us that he's got to be formed in us. And what's happened is, to these believers, is, is the whole legalistic religious thing has got a hold of them. And so the idea that Christ is in them has shrunk. Whereas for Paul, it's the beginning place. It's not like some ultimate goal. It's like one day, when you're really mature, you'll know that Jesus is in you. For Paul, every believer is to know that Jesus is in them. But, but religion and legalism, and, and I believe the sort of political spirit that gets into church life, erodes the truth of this incredible reality. And what God's doing with us is stripping away lies and stripping away religion and stripping away old thinking so we increasingly realize, my goodness, when Jesus came into my life, he moved in to stay. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. And bit by bit, we start to see that actually we're not victims, we're powerful. 
We're the, we're the ones here who are going to receive and release the glory of God on the earth right now. We release the glory. It's the hope of glory. The glory that was lost by Adam has been restored in you. That's exciting. And so bit by bit, we're getting the idea that we are Jesus to the planet. And, and the early church was like that. They didn't name themselves Christians in, in the book of Acts. It was the people around them said, you're Christ-like ones. That was the name they gave them. Literally, you are little Christ. The way that you behave, what's coming, what you're releasing, what you're doing, the miracles that are happening around you, and then your message, you're telling us that you are just like, you're just versions of him invading our city and turning our world upside down. And that's who we are. We don't have to become it. It's who we are. And as, as the lies and religion fall away, the idea that we've got to earn stuff, and we suddenly realize that we've been, Christ has been birthed in us, then what he does starts to happen through us. Because it's all connected to believing who we are. So we've been recovering our true identity. We're also recovering his true identity. If you think there's an angry guy in the clouds with a long beard throwing fire and thunderbolts down, or tapping his finger waiting to whack you around the backside the next time you get something wrong, then, then you need your view of what God's like reviewed and renewed. And the more we know who we are, the easier it is to connect to know who he is. And the more we know who he is, the easier we start to realize who we are, because we're sons of a very good God. He's fundamental, part of his fundamental nature that he's good. He's not after you to do you in. He's after you to do you good. He's after you to renew you. He's after you to give you hope and give you life. We're recovering the fact that God's really good. And that because he's good, he does good. And that's something else that's happened in the church. It's like we believed that God was good, but he didn't do many good things. So we'd sing about the goodness of God, but believe that he made us sick. That, that doesn't add up, does it? A good God, he's a good God who does good things. We'd sing about the goodness of God and believe that, that he'd rob us of our jobs and make our, our children die and, and, and make us poor. That doesn't add up. This is a good God who does good things. And we've been learning a lot about that as we've gone along. So we've been learning about who we are. We've been learning about who he is. And our connection to him as being restored because when you know who you are and you know who he is it's suddenly it's a lot more fun to get connected if you think you're a worm and he's a guy with a beard and a thunderbolt you aren't going to want to get connected if you think you're a, a sniveling sinner and he's an angry god about to punish you you're not going to hang out with him too often if you know you're a beloved son and daughter who, is, who, is, who, who has Christ in you, the hope of glory, and he's a good dad who's loving you, then you're going to want to hang out with him. And you realize that hanging out with a good God is a good thing. Uh, 
And then we get to give away the goodness. And when you give away goodness, people get happy. And hope comes back. It's happening to people around us all the time. Because they get in our environment or one of you touches their life in some way and we get testimonies back over and over again that people are getting hope. They're getting happy. They're getting healed. Even, even people's mental, people who struggled with mental conditions or just hanging around in our atmosphere are suddenly finding, oh, I've got some of my equilibrium back. They go, literally, people are going to their doctors and getting those kind of reports back. Did we pray for them? Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. But God in the atmosphere, who's a good God doing good things to his beloved people, who he's got an original design for, is in the business of restoring you to your original design, body, soul, and spirit. He's making you back to who you made you to be. And he never made you to be sick in your body or destabilized in your head. And, and that, that's kind of that's dripping off us into the world around us. Isn't that exciting? I like the idea of restoring hope by giving away goodness. <laughs> this is really important. Because I believe God's calling us to... We've, we've, we've spent a while getting to this place, but God's calling us to give this stuff away more, to give away goodness. And if there's one short way of saying what that's going to look like, it's giving it away with no strings attached. So we're not a recruitment organization. We're here to bless everybody we can bless. No strings attached. And I think a lot of evangelism that I've done has had that underneath agenda of, I'm here to reel you in. And people can pick that up a mile away. But actually, what we're learning to do is, I'm here to do you good. Whatever you do with it is your responsibility. I'm not here to recruit you, manipulate you, guilt you. I'm just here to bless you, to show you God who is good. Yeah? And that's happening, but we're being called to do that more and more, to give away his goodness no strings attached. And the atmosphere we're in, I believe it's changing all sorts of crazy ways, like the Friday night thing I just shared, or the stories we're hearing from Causeway Coast Vineyard with hundreds of people getting saved, or what I'm last year in Wales, uh, or even like our Prime Minister announcing to the church that we should do more evangelism and, and, and transform society. I'm like, was that <laughs> what happened just around Easter time in his Easter message? I checked it, I read it online. I'm like, David Cameron is telling the church to do evangelism and transform society. I'm like, good message, David. Now, you can, have, you can view why he's doing that, and has he got some political agenda? I don't really care. You know, God, God uses world leaders to say his stuff, sometimes just so that the church goes, my goodness, something's changed. I've never heard a political leader say that in my whole life, like... Church, evangelize. He's, I mean, the government is giving us permission to evangelize. We should get the message, shouldn't we? 
<laughs> so funny. The atmosphere is changing. There's openness. There's hunger. There's question. There's thirst. It's fascinating if you... I, I get the, sort of a, an annual statement from UCCF, which is the, the Christian uh, organization for students in universities. And often shifts in culture crop up there first. And they were, set, they were just registering a big increase in the number of people doing their outreach events and showing up at things like carol services. And they're saying that it feels like this generation coming through has got fed up with atheism and the hopelessness that it produces. And there's a hunger arising for answers, for reality. And, and, and that's, being, that's starting to take place. And, and I've had stories just this week of, of things happening in the student world with literally hundreds and hundreds of students showing up in different Christian meetings and being connected in different ways. There's a, there is, we, we visited our son who lives in London and you can feel the hunger. The churches in London are absolutely pumping. There's a new church on every corner and it's full of people in their 20s and 30s that literally, literally millions of them looking for purpose and looking for community. And it's happening right here in Glasgow too. The opportunity is there to give away the goodness of God, no strings attached. The thirst is there. <coughs> so what are we doing? What, what's God asking us to do? Because I want to kind of land this. I want to give this some practicality for us, what God's calling us to do as a, as a community. And one of the things that's very, everybody who comes through says, your worship's amazing. Everybody from America, from the UK, whoever comes through here, friends of ours that visit, are like, what? I think Danny Silk said, uh, 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 one of our worship sessions, he says, it's very hard to stay in your own skin. <laughs> and I know it's not like that every week, but often there is this like moment or, or in our worship, we're like, Whoa. That's the only words I have. It's a theological word, I'm sure. Whoa! <laughs> and I believe God's asking us to up our game on that with regarding our PA, our ability, to, the equipment to record it, amplify it. We're launching a worship school that Mark, Mark is launching in August. Hallelujah. Lots of interest in that. We just found out that, that United Pursuits are going to come and be part of that as well. So they've got an evening thing with us. Some of you know that Christian band. Yep. So we can announce that officially. We have people asking if they could access our, our School of Supernatural. And we have cell groups effectively in Dunfermline and in Edinburgh. We, we want to start videoing what we do so we can make it accessible online or through some sort of video. So we need the kit to do that because we want to keep giving the goodness away to these hungry people. We've got people asking, would you, would you broadcast, in effect, your supernatural school? Because we can't travel to it, but we'd like to watch it. We need to do something with social media and... Uh, Facebook, Twitter, websites, blogging, all that. We've got lots of skilled people and we're trying to up our game on things like that because we want to communicate to the world the way the world is expecting to be communicated with 
yeah? And, and I'm of a certain age where I, I don't, I mean, I've got a Twitter account and I've tweeted a few times, but still it feels foreign to me. There's a whole generation younger than me that's like, this is how the world works now. We need to be smart on that. We are uh, in the process of strengthening other churches. We are connected to, I wrote a list of them, we are connected to a whole load of churches. We are helping a church plant now in Troon. Uh, Small groups could become church plants. And uh, we're giving the goodness of God away. No strings attached. Uh, We're developing outreach. Uh, We're planning, uh, this year we're planning a summer festival to coincide with the, uh, said the Olympic Games, but the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, and we're going to be out there touching people with the goodness of God in all sorts of ways this summer, and we'll give you more details of that. We need to keep developing the School of Supernatural Life, which has been a phenomenal success. And we need to keep strengthening, building Hope Church, you guys. It's growing. Um, I know it maybe doesn't look like it today. I've just found out that a whole bunch of our folks are running the 10K this morning. So, yay, Jesus, bless them. Let them finish it in record time. Raise loads of money. <laughs> and, uh, but we are now, as a community, we're 215 people with kids, something like that. Not here every Sunday, but that's, that's the people that can't hope as home. And all that means that we have to strengthen our staff and leadership. So everything we do needs more admin, more help, more energy, more technology, more pastoral help. So our kind of mission to give away the goodness of God keeps requiring resources. So the the lights, the the, the gospel is free, but the lights cost money. That's that's what I say. Which kind of brings me to this. So, so this whole thrust of giving away the goodness of God, of outreach, of innovation, of releasing staff, that, that's, that's a big thing that we're going for and been going for for a while. And we want to increase that, particularly what it looks like in terms of outreach. But part of that is we need a building. We need a building that's going to be a home for us and it is a visionary necessity for all the things that we're burning with. We need a space that's our own to do it in. And, uh, oh, there it is. How about that one? I, I saw that. I thought that would go down well. It's just a little bit far away. The weather is better. <laughs> um, if we had it here, probably could do with a roof on. You reckon? Um, it's got a bit certain reputation in history, I guess, but. Yeah, we'll change the atmosphere. We'll be the lions. <laughs> so, so it's important that um, we know what we need. Otherwise, we could get an ancient relic, which looks really good, but it's completely useless for us. We need a home for, for us as a church. Let's try and rattle through these. To do Sundays, to do children, teaching and training, office administration. Kind of the basic things that help church community happen. 
and a space that's full of his presence. I, I believe if, once we have our own space that tangible, the tangible presence of God will be there all the time, whether there's anybody in the place or not. And I just believe in that can increase and increase. Uh, I've been in places where that is true, so I'm like, it's got to happen in Glasgow. And that, the more that can happen in our homes and in our, our buildings, the more God's presence is going to expand over the whole planet. Good, eh? <clears throat> we also need a resource base for the city or a place to give away the goodness from. It's, you, you just need facilities. These are the sort of things that we have vision for, people amongst us have vision for, family center, creative art space, coffee shop. Um, and all these sort of ideas are popping, but you just need places to do them. Compassion ministry, food bank, I mean the CAP course expanding that so that we can help people in the community run their finances. We, we just need a place to do this and more. And in fact, it's interesting, the prophetic words we've been getting, some of you remember Julian Adams more than a year ago had this slightly mysterious word that we were going to get a building and he talked about a second level and sliding glass doors and uh, space for six to seven hundred people. So we've been running that, and it would be closer into the city center. So we've been running with that. And then uh, when we did Shifting Atmospheres, one of their team started to write out what she was, she saw a vision over dinner of, of the building. And what caught my attention was she started to talk about up, upstairs, second level would be where the church met. I'm like, hello. <laughs> Have you been talking to Julian Adams? I've obviously not, I've just been talking to God. And talked about a place and didn't know all this, but talked about a place with all these things in it downstairs. This is just someone who just came through for the weekend, started to describe this place. So we feel like we're on a bit of a building treasure hunt. So we need a place for us, we need a place for the city, and we're, we're, actually, we're actually reaching the world, and we're going to go to the whole planet, I believe that. We're here for the nations, we're already impacting, influencing people in Ireland, in Paris, in Holland, uh, obviously different places around Scotland we've mentioned, different places in England, Milton Keynes, Worcester. We've got requests to go to Essex, um, um, Carlisle, just people. I met a lady the other week, so I've been listening to your podcast for two years. Help us get what you've got in our environment. So we need a resource base for the nation. So I, I do think that what we're doing, like the training school, is going to expand. We, we need it to train people to go and influence the planet, all levels of society with the goodness of God and the presence of God. We also need to redeem theology and we also need to raise up leaders who can lead churches and transform culture. Conferences, they're having a massive impact. The ripple from what we're doing is huge, right? I had someone talk to me in Kent who said, oh, you're Andy Merritt. I'm like, I've never met you. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, no, we've heard about you from so-and-so in an Oh, really? So they're listening to our stuff or they've been to a conference or 
our in, the influence God has given us is quite amazing. I believe that the worship school is going gonna, is gonna to grow and we'll end up having a, an ongoing facility for that, to transform worship. And, and we need a media base to do all that social media, streaming, recording, video, blah, blah, blah. What do we want? Just some practical things. <coughs> Near the city. Something we can use straight away. We don't want it completely derelict like the earlier picture. <laughs> I don't mind doing some development. We probably need room for development. And income generation. That was another part of this prophetic picture that... Uh, this person was getting for us. <clears throat> and I think it's really important that we keep this balance that the building we go for is for our vision. It doesn't become our vision. And that happens so often in church life that people are so excited that we finally have like bricks and mortar are our own. But we forget it's just a facility and we, we don't want to do that. Yay, finances. We have amazing leaders and trustees. So we, uh, I, I sat them down a few weeks ago now. So we, we kind of looking at our budget. Our year runs sort of April through to the end of March. So we were sort of looking at our operating budget for the year to come. And uh, I did a little exercise with them. And I said, well, this is how much our operating budget was for the year ending the end of March. What do you think we should set for the year ahead? And everybody got a bit of paper, wrote it down anonymously, and we got a whole list of different targets. And we, the, there was one really crazy one right at the top, and, and then a, a smaller one at the bottom. All of them were going for increase, but we took the two bottom, top and the bottom one out, and then we went for sort of the average in the middle and we're all like, yeah, we're going to go for this. It was basically a 30% increase in our operating budget, which would then release us to release more staff, get more kits, do more technology, reach out more, etc., etc. So I'm talking operating budget, not building, is what we're believing for as trustees and leaders in this year right round to March. That, some, that translates into about £60,000 extra operating income in order to spend it. That's our, that's our faith goal for this year to come. Exciting. It was more encouraging than when we looked at our history because we've had a couple of years where we've actually done that. Where we've actually grown our, our income base by in the region of 28% in a year. So it's not like we've never done it before. That's... that's bring some encouragement. And what we said we're going to do is we're going to start giving from us into other, other things at our new budget expectation level. So we're just waiting for some funds to come in from gift aid and we're going to start giving at our new level. So we're getting out of the boat and saying, God, we're expecting you to expand our, our finance base. And if it's not coming yet, we don't care. We're going to start giving at that anticipated level. That's exciting, isn't it? And then the building is another thing we need on top of that. Uh, and 
we are looking all the time. We are looking. We've looked at different places. What is coming really? So we don't have a specific one we're going for right now. We're just telling you we're going for it. We need it. And what we, what we really need is a deposit. What we have is we have income which could pay a rent or really I think we should buy something, a mortgage, but we have no capital. We have zero deposit. And if we're going to buy a place, we need probably 25, 30% down payment. So we're kind of asking you to step into this miracle process with us because we need to find somewhere, this is, this is a guesstimate, that sort of money, kind of capital, cash in our hand that we can make a down payment towards something. And the more prophetic stuff we get, the bigger this building is becoming. <laughs> and the bigger it becomes, the more money you need. So you're like, oh God, let's do this quick or something. Um, so many things we've got to do in this thing. So we're inviting you we're asking that as a community we be part of this miracle together. I just want to share this scripture with us. This is sort of bringing it into landing here. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. I love this next verse. That first bit is kind of like a bit more challenging, isn't it? It's like, oh, he's asking us to give money. We're just, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. It says, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. I love that. That's really what we want to do, isn't it? We want to abound in every good work. We want to release the goodness of God in every way, at every level, through and into our, into our world, Yeah? That's what we need. We want to do. That's what's in our heart. That's what's happening. To ha- we need all sufficiency at all times to do that. So we need a massive release of the grace of God abounding to us. What's, how's, how's that going to get released? As we start to give, which is why as leaders we felt, you know what, we're going to start to give a new level. And we're believing that as we all pile in and start to give into this vision that actually God's going to release grace to us as a community as well as to you as individuals so that you have all that you need in every situation for every good work. And we have all that we need in abundance as a community to do all the incredible things that God is putting on our heart to do, all the amazing assignment that he's put on this community. And it seems like this is teaching us that one way to sort of crack that open, to start to release another level, is that we just start to give generously to him and to what he's calling us to do okay so we're inviting you to be part of the miracle yeah there we go i've just said that giving releases huge amounts of favor so we've got an offering a special offering coming up on the 25th of may and we're going to put so remember i've been talking about how we if my click's working or there we go so we're going after two things we're going after expanding our operating budget and we're going after a deposit for a building so we're splitting it up like that that the first 18 grand we'll put into the operating budget and everything over that we'll put into a building fund 
maybe we'll get the whole 150 on go. You know, we're, we're partnering together for a miracle, right? We're not asking some person in this room to go, I've got to find a hundred grand. All right, because that would just freak us all out. But as we start to partner and give what we can, give, give from where we are into this and believe God for the bigger miracle, then something amazing is going to get released amongst us. So we're looking for people to give lump, lump sums on the day or you can give pledges or you can increase your regular giving. So another way of helping our operating budget is just that uplifting our regular giving. Uh, and maybe you're new and you've never tithed to hope and you just want to start. This is a great time to say, I'm here. I'm going to sign a gift aid pledge or whatever. I'm going to start giving regularly. We believe, I believe in tithing, not as a rule, but as a, as a response of the heart to God and that your tithe belongs in your home church. That's how it functions. I'm not going to try and teach that today. That's, that's a conviction that we have. But we have a lot of, uh, of, of faith that something's going to get triggered. We're going up another level, Hope Church. We're going up another level in size. We're going up another level in our ability to lead. We're going up another level in our influence. And I believe we're going up another level financially as well alongside that. So would you pray with us? Would you partner with us? Would you believe with us? And would you give with us when it comes to the, the 25th of May? Can we just stand together and pray? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Father, we are so grateful that we found out you're a good God. <laughs> some, of us, some of us, that was a surprise. <laughs> and we're so grateful that you have made us your kids and you've made us powerful and not victims. You've given us Jesus inside us. And we're so grateful that we can have intimacy and relationship, connection to you uh, that, that's easy and light and and powerful and fun and a joy to know you. You're a joy to know, Father. You really are a joy to know. Thank you. And we love the fact that we then get to give this all away. Uh, and I'm asking, Heavenly Father, I'm asking that you would help us go up this next level that you're asking of us, this next level of faith, this next level of generosity, this next level of influence, uh, this next level, God, that you've put on us. We're, we're asking you, I'm asking you that you would help us all to rise to this together as a community uh, and see some incredible provision miracles in the weeks to come. God, we need a building. Give us a building. Can we just agree with this together, pray this together? God, we want a building. <laughs> We've got the prophetic words, we've got the heart, we want to show it to us, God. <laughs> show it to us, God. Thank you, Father. Yeah, Father, we want a home for us and for you. <laughs> we know we're your temple, but we are also believing for a space that you will continually invade. Thank you, God. Amen. Exciting. <laughs>